Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 171 of Manage the Wild. I'm Nick Madsen. Today, uh, we went for a hike, and we were at about 9,500 feet, 9,700 feet. And we were in an area that used to have a large population of uh, mountain goats. But due to die-off and uh, just the general movement of these animals, they have left this area and wildlife managers and biologists are doing their dangness to bring the population back. There's, uh, they're supplementing the population, doing translocations, they're also reducing hunts. But there's a whole bunch of things that go into wildlife management that these guys face. Some of the challenges that they face are, I, I like to break them down into like six, six to seven main key components. Uh, one that's usually not talked a whole lot about, but is habitat loss and fragmentation. Like big game species, whether it's mountain goats, bighorn sheep, elk, mule deer, doesn't matter. They require a lot of large areas that are connected together. They need to be able to migrate and move and be able to find feed without being harassed or constantly pestered. But... We have a lot of things going on in their habitat now. There's a lot of uh, just general recreation in the outdoors now, whether it's side-by-sides, hiking, skiing, snowmobiling. There's just a bunch going on. You get that along with urbanization spreading out. More and more areas are being, uh, they're having housing and structures being built upon them. You got agriculture that as agriculture gets better and methods improve, uh, ground that wasn't as viable now becomes more viable, whether it's through pivots or irrigation, flood irrigation, whatever methods, uh, agriculture is spreading as well because we are taking up a lot of those older agricultural areas, filling up with homes and businesses. And to continue to make sure we have agriculture, we are spreading. Then you have infrastructure development. We are putting roads everywhere. And if it's not roads, it's fencing. And it's just being moved everywhere. All these things restrict the movement. They ruin migration routes. And just overall uh, reduce the amount of movement and safety and availability to resources that these guys or these uh, animals have access to. Human wild conflict. We've got urbanization happening, agriculture, infrastructure, roads, uh, as well as fences. All of these things are creating conflict. Anytime animals, wild animals move into an urban area, they're either shot or darted and moved away or they are killed. Most of the time they're killed by cars. Agricultural, agriculture is also hurting these wild animals. They're taking areas that were a uh, perfect habitat for whatever species we're talking about, and it's just cutting down. And we're not allowing these guys into those spaces, right? Whether it's uh, somebody like myself, a technician sitting out at night, pushing animals out of these fields, or the farmer or rancher, or his hands, they're all, all these things are keeping them out of the fields so they can grow more food. So there's just constant conflict going on. And it's very difficult for humans to coexist with anything that they don't consider food. 
If we put mule deer or elk in the same status as cows or pigs, then we would be a little bit more tolerant if they're eating our shrubbery. But right now we're not very tolerant. And so researchers as well as wildlife biologists and managers have to have to figure out a way to work within that human wildlife conflict area. Another one that they're facing uh, that's one side is constantly talked about, the other side is constantly ignored, but that's predation and disease. We love to talk about predators. We love to talk about how to remove predators to help big game populations grow. And we love to talk about how they're the main problem because they're low-hanging fruit. But disease is another one. Uh, whether it's uh, MOV or chronic wasting disease or brucellosis, there's a whole bunch of things going on uh, with disease that just make it challenging. And we don't like to talk about it because there's oftentimes not a lot that we can do about it. And so we just kind of ignore it. Hopefully it goes away. It works itself through the population and then we can come out and just briefly mention it. But if a population gets a disease, oftentimes there's not much we can or wildlife managers or biologists can do about it. Population management. Uh, we're either really effective or not effective at all, and it depends on how much uh, private or public ground is within a unit. One unit that I worked in, we were very good at maintaining populations, and we had a pretty good control of mule deer populations. Another unit near me, um, 85 to 95% private we had no access to the elk the elk is 3,000 animals over objective and growing and there's not much we can do uh, the human wildlife conflict is increasing as well as habitat loss and fragmentation within those private areas that's in my opinion why public land is so important because public land reduces the amount of habitat loss as well as fragmentation, reduces overall conflict, and it just makes it a little bit easier to manage those populations. Uh, there's also some issues that, uh, as far as dealing with management of populations that make it challenging. Uh, if you have an urban area nearby, cities, uh, you start to have an urban population of deer, or in the wintertime, you got big groups of elk moving into these areas. Those all uh, get dealt with as well for population management because you don't want a large herd every day coming into contact with over a million plus people. So you're going to do your dangness to reduce that or at least move them into different areas. Then you have public engagement and education, this is such a difficult one. You want the public to be engaged in the wildlife process, right? But oftentimes people are just not well enough versed within wildlife to, to be fully engaged. And so they come in with preconceived notions or theories or just weird beliefs about how things are done and they don't fully understand. So when I worked... Uh, as a on the biology side of things 
people would come in and yell at me and say that my bosses were the ones screwing it up. In reality, my bosses made recommendations and the wildlife board is the one who made the determination whether they should go one way or another. So a wildlife biologist give their opinion, but they don't often set rules and regulations. And so there's a whole lot of misunderstanding as well as education. People, uh, they want, let's say you want wolves coming into your state and you don't currently have wolves. Well, there's a whole lot of things that are going to be affected by bringing wolves in. You're going to have animals moving around to areas that you've never seen animals before. So there's going to be an effect there. You're going to have depredation going on, whether they're killing cattle or sheep, and you're going to have to figure out a way to pay for that. And then you're going to have people coming in contact with wild animals that they've never come in contact before. Now, oftentimes you can say that wolves are, are not predator, predatory towards humans, and that's true. But if you are hiking with your dog, uh, they'll come in and kill your dog. There have been multiple studies to show that that's happened. Uh, a lot of the times... Um, Hunters that are hunting mountain lions uh, don't let their dogs off the leash too far when they are in wolf country because the wolves will come in and kill the dogs. And so there's a whole lot of things that need to go on. So public education about why we should or shouldn't tolerate an animal or the reasons that we're having a hard time tolerating or those different things. And then some of it is just the overall changing culture. We can talk about climate change as part of that, but things are constantly changing in the news and in people's beliefs. Uh, it wasn't too long ago where everybody was pro-hunter, and then that started to shift, and there's less and less people hunting. And so in certain states, uh, methods that you could use to control a population, you can no longer do. Um, like California and cougars used to could hunt them. Now they're protected. You, in uh, some states, you can no longer run them with dogs. And if you don't have dogs, it's very difficult to find them. And so, again, that reduces your overall success and just makes things a lot more challenging. So there are quite a few things that wildlife managers face when they are going to work on some of these plans and how do you address all of these concerns Though that is the overall challenge. So it's always an uphill battle. All right, you guys, thanks. Hope you have a great day. Stay wild.